Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, how many of you ever struggle with worry? Let me see your hands. How about anger? Anyone ever struggle with anger? How about anxiety? How about feeling inadequate, (laughs) right? So if you look around, hands are up all over the room for all of these things. These are things that we all struggle with. All of us struggle with anxiety, with anger, with feeling inadequate, with feeling frustrated, with feeling anxious. Uh, Some more than others, some of those more than others, but we all need one thing from God, peace, right? We all need peace. We all need God to help us with peace. And there's a a story about a rancher. He was in a car accident. He was pulling his horse behind his truck in a trailer and a semi, a cattle hauler came through and hit his trailer and put them both in the ditch. And so he decided his injuries were bad enough. He was going to take the trucking company to court. And so the company's fancy lawyer was questioning the rancher. And he said, well, didn't you say at the scene of the accident that you were fine? And the, farm, the rancher said, well, I'll tell you what happened. I just loaded my favorite horse, Bessie, into the, and the lawyer interrupted and said, I didn't ask for details. I just asked if at the scene of the accident, didn't you say I was fine? And the rancher said, well, I just gotten Bessie into the trailer and I was driving down the road. And the lawyer ended up again and said, judge, I'm trying to tell you that at the scene of the accident, this guy told the deputy that he was fine. He wasn't hurt. Now he's coming back and trying to sue my client, just make him ask, answer the question. And so by this time, the judge was kind of interested. So he said, okay, go ahead. Tell me the story. So the rancher said, well, as I was saying, I just loaded Bessie into the trailer and I was driving down the highway when this huge semi with a cattle hauler ran into this, ran the stop sign, smacked my truck, spun me around, threw me in the ditch, threw the horse out the other side and I was hurting real bad. And I didn't want to move, and I could hear Bessie moaning and groaning, and I heard the deputy come up. And he walked over, looked at her, and he shot her right between the eyes. Then he came over to me, and he had his gun in his hand and said, well, your horse is bad enough. I had to shoot her. How are you feeling? (laughs) And so (laughs) we've all had instances where we don't feel that great, right? But we don't want to admit it. All of us at some time struggle with not having peace in our minds. We struggle with Frustration, anxiety, anger, all those things. So we've been doing a series called The Battle for Our Mind because we said a lot of the spiritual battles we face take place where? In our mind, right? They start here. And over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how to get rid of those thoughts that, that build strongholds in our minds, those lies that build up and tell us that God doesn't love us, tell us that we can never get through these things. We've talked about how to trade those off and change those. And then several weeks ago, I shared a message about changing, reframing our thoughts. And that would kind of go before this one typically, but I shared that several weeks ago. But basically, how many of us, when we have a thought, it automatically goes negative? Anybody been there? We have this tendency to think negatively. Well, that's not going to work. Of course, I get the slowest driver in town in front of me. Of course, the bank messed that up. Of course, you know, all these things. 
And so we need peace. So today we're going to talk about how to have peace in our hearts, how to have peace in our minds. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. It'll be on the screen here. If you have a, an electronic device that has the Version Bible app, if you hit the More tab and hit Events, all the notes and the verses are in there as well. You can follow along and take notes in there. And I did make notes for the Spanish congregation. Uh, they're, they're not the prettiest, but the words are all right, I think. Kathleen checked the words for me. And my computer didn't want to cooperate on the formatting. Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 6. Paul says this, Don't worry about anything, but instead what? Pray about everything. We can stop right there. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Period. Time to go home, right? (laughs) Problem is, it doesn't always work that way, does it? Because we have a tendency to worry about everything and pray about nothing. Paul said, do the opposite. So in verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then, what does then mean? After you've done this, this will happen. So it said, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So it says, when we stop worrying about things and it said, pray about them and thank God for what he's done. He said, God's peace will guard our hearts and guard our minds. Then he says, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise, and keep putting into practice all you've seen and received from me. Everything you've heard and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. So Paul said, if we want to have peace in our lives, we have to do a couple things. We have to what? Stop worrying. Start praying about things instead. Thank God for what he's done. And put the right stuff in our brains. And he said, then we're going to have what? Peace. Then we'll have peace. Now, does that mean you're never going to worry about stuff again? No. Does it mean you're never going to get frustrated again? No. Does that mean your spouse isn't going to irritate you? No. Does that mean you're not going to irritate your spouse? (laughs) No. But it says when we do these things and we start putting these things into practice, like Paul said, then the God of peace will be with us. And the last year, year and a half, have been horrible, right? (laughs) It's been rough. We've had lockdowns. We've had political unrest. We've had riots. We've had occupations of cities. We've had deficit. We've had inflation. And on top of all that, we have a virus that's killing people, right? It's been a rough couple months, we need God's peace. So how do we put this into practice? Well, we've got a couple of things we can do. And the first thing is we identify and tame runaway thoughts. What's a runaway thought? How many of you have ever driven in the mountains over a pass and you see those runaway truck lanes? Do any of you ever get tempted just to drive into that, see if you get out? <laughs> All the time. I want to just go in and see if I can get myself back out. But I don't. I haven't. I won't say I won't, but I haven't. But they have these things because sometimes trucks lose their brakes in the mountains and they do what? 
They run away. They can't stop. They get momentum, and they can't slow down. Our brains do that sometimes, don't they? We get a thought in our brain, and we know it's not true, but it still runs away with us. We know it's not right. We know it's not true. We know it's not helpful like we talked about last week. It's none of those things, but we still can't get that thing under control. So there's a couple of thoughts that typically do that. One is fear. Fear is a runaway thought that can cripple us. Pastor, what do you mean cripple us? Fear will keep you and keep me from experiencing God's best in our lives. If I'm afraid of trying something new, if I'm afraid of trusting God, I'm never going to experience the life that God has for me. You're never going to experience the best that God has for you if you allow fear to keep us. And so many of us grew up fearing people in authority. Maybe you had a bad experience with a mom or a dad or an authority figure or someone. And so we, we equip God or we equate God with fear and punishment. So many of us wait for punishment instead of experiencing grace. We feel like we're not good enough. We feel we've done too much wrong for God to love us. We fear that we've messed up so many times that God will never give us another chance. So instead of stepping out in faith and saying, you know what? I think God wants me to do this. I'm going to try it. We do what? I don't know. I'm really nervous. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can. And so we allow fear to hold on to us. Look at what John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because fear, sorry, because perfect love expels all fear. He says that God's love kicks fear out of our lives. We can live without being afraid. And fear can keep us from following God's plan for our lives. It keeps us from stepping out in faith. It keeps us from taking risks. I know I had to make a decision because I used to be afraid of everything when I was younger. I wouldn't do roller coasters. I wouldn't ride motorcycles. I wouldn't ride with certain family members. (laughs) That was based on truth, not fear. But we all have that fear that keeps us from things. And I finally had to make a decision one day, and I just told God, you know what? I'm never going to let fear stop me from doing something you told me to do. I had to learn to step out in faith, and I still have to do that all the time. Lord, I'm just going to, I'm going to take a step. I'm afraid. I'm scared. I'm nervous, but I'm going to trust you instead of being afraid. So we have to face fear, and some of us have lived with fear so long that it's almost become a family member. It's almost become a pet. We have to learn when that fear comes, you can say, you know what? I'm not going to let fear keep me from doing what God wants me to do. I'm not going to let fear keep me from opening up my life and having relationships with people. I'm not going to let fear keep me from stepping out in faith. I'm going to trust God to do what he said he would do. Another was worry. It's a runaway thought that'll snowball out of control. It starts small and then it snowballs into something bigger and bigger, right? You ever had this? You worry about something little? And then it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And, and before long, you're afraid of walking out the door. Guys, we've seen this. During this pandemic, there are people who are terrified of going outside. They're terrified of being around people. And the lockdowns that we had, it caused some serious mental health issues with people. And they're so worried about catching a virus or sharing that virus with a family member 
or their kids getting the virus, that they're not living. There are some of us that have allowed worry to take over our lives. It snowballed. Uh, it starts small. You know, one worry leads to another and to another. And a lot of times worry is us trying to control the future. And we can't control the future. We can't control every circumstance in our lives. So we have to start allowing God to take charge of those things. Jesus told us how to get rid of worry. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34, he said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you what? Everything that you need. Everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So Jesus said, if we just trust him and say, you know what, Lord, I know you're going to take care of me, we don't have to live in worry anymore. So we need to face fear head on. We need to face worry head on and say, you know what, God is bigger than this. God is bigger than that. And another one is anxiety. Anxiety is a runaway thought that will derail us. Because the problem with anxiety is it doesn't just stay in one area. What does it do? It spreads to every part of our lives. We struggle with anxiety in social settings. And then before long, it's, it's into family, and it's into this, and it's into that. So again, we have to say, you know what, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you in every area of my life. And anxiety is basically a combination of worry and fear, right? When we start letting worry run out of control, we start letting fear run out of control, kind of morphs into this big thing called anxiety. So we have to identify and tame those runaway thoughts. And you say, you know what? God said, instead of worrying about this, instead of being afraid about this, I can what? Pray about it. So Lord, I give that to you. Lord, I, I give this fear to you. I give this fear for my kids to you. I give this fear for this to you. I give it to you, and I'm going to live the life you called me to live. So first we identify these thoughts, and then we practice disciplines that bring peace. Well, what does that mean? That's a big churchy word, right? No, we practice the one that Paul said would give us peace, and what is that? Prayer. We practice the discipline of prayer. And the discipline of prayer is not just like, oh, Lord, please help me pass this test. I forgot to study, and Lord, help my boss not to see that I didn't show up yesterday or whatever. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Prayer, the discipline of prayer is spending time with God every day. It's taking time out of our day and saying, you know what, Lord, this is yours. It could be first thing in the morning. It could be late at night. It could be while you're driving, as long as you drive with your eyes open and pray with your eyes open. You know, it could be whatever it is, but it's just making a place for God. And if you, um, if you did the uh, Bible Engagement Project devotions last week, it actually talked about making prayer a priority instead of a last-ditch effort. Because sometimes we like, I'm going to do this and this and this, and if that doesn't work, then I'll pray about it. Instead, when you say, you know what, I'm going to pray about it first and then do everything else that I can. So we need to have a discipline of prayer. And Paul said, when we pray, then we will have peace. And guys, the more time you spend in God's presence. And I'm not saying it has to be a half hour, an hour every day. It can be five minutes in the morning before you wake your kids up <laughs> or before you wake your spouse up or before the dog wakes you up. It could just be that five minutes first thing in the morning you spend with God. It could be right before you leave for work. You sit in the driveway and you pull your Bible plan out and read and, and spend some time in prayer. But the more time we spend with God, the easier it is to trust him. It's this chain thing. When I start praying more, I start trusting God more, it's easier 
to face fear. It's easier to face anxiety and worry. It's spending time with them, not just to check it off a list. And as we've said during this series, Craig Rochelle has this great quote. He said, our lives move in the direction of our most dominant thoughts. So what am I thinking about? Well, when I spend time praying, I'm thinking about the Lord. And I'm moving towards him instead of moving towards the stress about work or this frustration with a kid or this frustration with a spouse or this frustration with a coworker. I'm focusing more on him. And we practice the discipline of renewing our minds. What does that mean? It means spending time in God's word and letting him change my thinking. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I've read this every single week in this series. Paul says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And then he says this, Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you, what? Think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In the NIV version, it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, spend time in God's word and let him change the way that we think. How do I do that? By getting into this. Spending more time thinking about this than thinking about other stuff. Now, I'm not saying you have to move into a monastery and you know, practice silence, but I'm saying you need to spend time every day in God's word and allowing him to change our thinking patterns. Because, guys, we can actually change the wiring of our brains by thinking more about God's Word and about positive things than about all the worries and the junk that comes in. Spending time in His presence, spending time in His Word. Listen to what Paul says earlier than this in Romans chapter 8, verses 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So again, the more time I spend in God's presence, the more time I spend in God's Word, the more days I do it in a row, the better my thinking's going to be. And when I change the way I think, I change the way I live. When I allow God to bring peace into my brain, I have peace in my life. And when I'm more peaceful, guess what happens to the people around me? They become more peaceful, right? If I'm constantly bringing drama into my house because I'm frustrated and mad and everybody's afraid to be around me, my household's going to be a little tense. But when I let God help me change the way I think, then I'm going to have more peace in my home. I'm going to have more peace in my marriage. I'm going to have more peace in my workplace. I remember when I was in college, I worked retail at Target in Missouri. And from about Halloween to Christmas, retail's crazy, right? I mean, it's crazy anyway, but it's really crazy then. I remember the day after Thanksgiving, I worked electronics. I was pretty fortunate. I had a counter between me and the crazy people. But, like, I remember them opening the doors and people running down the aisles. And, like, I jumped behind the counter and hid as these people with carts, you know, were coming around, and they were yelling at us and all these things, and my coworkers would say, how are you so peaceful? And I'd say, Jesus, and they're like, oh, such a church word, you know, but they knew there was something different about me. I wasn't afraid to die by trampling because I had peace, right? (laughs) 
But they would seriously say, why are you not worried about stuff? They noticed something different about me. Same when I worked in the prison. Guys would say, why are you so different? Because God's done something to me. They noticed that peace. So guys, we allow peace to come in. And lastly, we practice the discipline of absolute trust. Absolute trust. What does that mean? I pray about something and I take it back, right? Lord, would you help me in this relationship? And then I I try to do everything on my own. Trust is saying, God, I give this to you and I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Trust is saying, Lord, I don't understand why you tell me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Lord, I don't understand how tithing is going to help my finances, but I'm going to trust you in that anyway. Lord, I don't understand how forgiving people is going to help me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Lord, I don't understand why taking 10 minutes in the morning when I could be doing other things, but I'm going to do it anyway. And when I trust, and I absolutely trust, God starts giving me peace. That's what Paul said, don't worry about everything, but pray about everything. And he said, then the God of peace will guard your hearts and your minds. But to pray about stuff, I have to learn to trust him. And trust isn't something that comes natural. Especially not to us Americans, because we're all jaded and cynical, right? (laughs) But I have to learn to trust God and say, you know what? I know this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it. I know forgiving that family member or that person doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway because you tell me to. And we, we ask people to do this all the time, right? We tell our kids, do this. Why? Because I said so. And I know more than you, so just trust me. <laughs> and when they do it, things usually go well for them, right? Because we've been down that road before. God is doing the same thing with us. He tells us all these things that he's already said. Instead of worrying, pray and trust him. And think about things that are right and good. And then you're going to have peace. And that doesn't make sense because the world tells us if you want to have peace, you've got to have connections and money and power, right? And you've got to have great shoes and, you know, you can't be this or this. But God just says, pray about it. And, you know, sometimes I've had to do this because I'm just weird that way, but I've had to actually do a physical act with it. And we're reading this book. Uh, Kenny and I are reading this book together called Soundtracks about changing your thinking. He said a lot of times if you want to change the way you think, you have to do something physical to do it. It takes action with it. So in our house, we made a thankful box where we would write down things we were thankful for and we put it in there. And I've actually had to do like a worry area before. I've had to write things down and say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. And I would actually write it down and say, this is yours. And then sometimes I burn it because I like to burn stuff. But I would just say, this is yours. You can have this, Right? It's a physical step that helps me get it out of my brain onto paper and say, God, I'm giving that to you. So please don't start fires in your house. But some of you guys need to have a journal where you write things down. Lord, I am, I am so frustrated with this situation, but instead of worrying about it, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to give it to you. And we write it down. Right? We give that to him. So we practice trust. And basically, after that, we had to put some steps to this, so some action steps, some practical steps. What do we do? We need to put in the work. I do what I do, what I can do, and I trust God to do everything else. I do everything I can do 
So I'm not just saying, well, Lord, I'm going to trust you to provide money, and then I'm just going to quit my job and sit in the recliner all day. No. I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to do the hard things, and I'm going to trust God to do everything else. If it's a financial issue, I'm going to say, God, I trust you. I'm going to give this to you, but I put myself on a budget, right? If it's a relationship issue or a spouse issue, I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to spend time with my spouse. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to show them I appreciate them. If it's a health issue, I'm going to say, Lord, help me lose weight, and then I'm going to get on a healthy eating plan, right? You ever said, Lord, please help these calories not count as you're eating a Twinkie? It doesn't work. I've tried, right? So we do what we can do, and we practice the spiritual habits. I practice those things. I practice praying. I practice spending time in his presence. I practice trusting him. I identify strongholds, and I demolish them. Like the first week, I identify these things in my brain that are lies. They're telling me things that aren't true. And do what Paul says, I use those spiritual tools to destroy them. And then I change my input. And guys, some of this stuff can really be helped by changing what we look at and what we listen to. If we're having issues with worry, maybe we need to turn the news off a little bit. If I'm struggling with lust, maybe I need to quit looking at things, social media, right? Maybe if I'm having issues with my marriage, I need to turn the TV off and talk to my spouse more. Changing the input. Because that's why Paul said at the end of this, he said, whatever is what? Good and honorable and right and pure and lovely and worthy of praise. He said what? Think about these things. Find the right stuff to put in your brain. Sometimes we have to stop watching a TV show. Sometimes we can't watch a certain movie. Sometimes we can't read a certain author. Right? We all know where we're at. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. We said the very first week, what? Trash in, trash out, right? If we want good in our lives, we need to put good in our brains. So I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you're physically able, if you're watching at home, Maybe change positions. Lord, I thank you this morning for your incredible love for each and every one of us in this room. Your incredible love for each and every one of us watching at home. And Lord, I know this peace is a big deal. Lord, so many of us have things going on in our lives and we need your peace. Because we can't do this on our own. And there are so many things in this world coming at us from all different directions. There's so many things in this world that are trying to, to drag us out of that place that you have us. Lord, would you help us today to trust in you?